Hello, hello, beautiful people, mi gente bella. Welcome, welcome to another edition of Santana Says, where we talk about everything from roadblocks to relationships, everything in between, and the overall journey of life. I am excited as always to bring you another edition of the show, another topic, another conversation, something always. But this one is taking place during Blackity Black History Month. So that is hilarious, y'all, because that is the exact way that I introduced Black History Month at school this week. So for those who remember, I have a full-time job at a local high school downtown. And I was, we, we had came together. A couple of us teachers had came together. We wanted to do some Black History Month events. And I didn't plan it, y'all, but I was so excited. I got on that mic and I was doing the announcements and I literally was like, yes, so it is Blackity Black History Month. Those kids erupted. <laughs> some of them were laughing. Some of them were cracking up. And honestly, most of them were just surprised. They were like, I can't believe you said that on the announcements, Miss Santana. It's hilarious. So, like, my other life is known as being Miss Santana. And Miss Santana caused an uproar, y'all, at school this week. But I'm excited. You know, I think it's wonderful to be able to celebrate Black History Month. I think it is definitely very, very important. I do think that, ironically, it is the shortest month of the year. So <laughs> there goes that. But, you know, it's definitely a month that deserves to be celebrated. And Black accomplishments, I feel like, should be celebrated all year long. But for those who are able to see me and even those who are listening to me, Black history or black culture in general, interesting topic, especially for maybe someone like myself. There are probably some people listening and just like some of the students at my school who are like, um, but Miss Antenna, what, you know, connection do you have to the black culture and are you black? So I would like to get into that because if y'all recall on the first episode, I said I had wanted to dive a little bit deeper into that topic. There were many topics, actually. So we've been slowly getting through some of them. We're, you know, been touching on them. Slowly but surely, but yes, being black is the topic that I'm going to talk about today. I am Puerto Rican, so I do want to be clear. I have two Puerto Rican parents. I have one. My mother is a Puerto Rican woman, full. I'm talking about 100, 100%. She, she literally moved here um, at the age of 15, straight from Puerto Rico. My father, biological father, is also a Puerto Rican man. And so, you know, because again, I'm only saying biological father, not to you know, take a stab at him, but just to differentiate, because again, I also have a stepfather who is also uh, 100% Puerto Rican as well. So I got all this Puerto Rican family. So Puerto Rican lineage from everywhere. My mother, though, on one hand is super, super light skin. Well, actually, she looks white. I mean, let's just be clear. She looks white because we only have but so many races in the world. So to be clear on which one to give you a phys uh, visual depiction of who she is, she would be considered white, um, given how light she is. My biological father, on the other hand, as well as my stepfather, both look black, okay? They have, like, they're very Caribbean, you know? They got their features. They definitely look Puerto Rican, at least to me. I mean, for those who are able to spot a Puerto Rican, but, I mean, that's hard in and of itself. So, like, when we're talking about what exactly does a Puerto Rican look like? What exactly does a Latino person look like? What does a black person look like? You know, like all of these things. It's a little difficult, I would say, because starting with the Puerto Rican heritage. I mean, well, actually, no, before we even get into that, let's talk about the difference between race and ethnicity. So race, race is based on physical characteristics. It is also a social construct. People themselves made it up. OK, and they decided that we need to have these categories that are based on physical attributes and we're going to put, you know, racial categories. We're going to ascribe categories to that. OK, and so we have races. So now we have white. We have black. We have. I'm not really sure that there's many other on the racial side. It gets a little bit difficult. Right. We have like, you know, because anything else past that, I don't know. I don't I don't even know which are much more of the other racial categories. Anyways, we know that those are the most popular now when it comes to eth. Ethnicity. Ethnicity is where we start to consider culture. Okay, so that's where we're looking at cultural background, heritage, you know, those kind of practices that comes more into play. So for me, whenever I am on the census or anything that connect or that collects data, I always select race wise black and I always select for ethnicity Puerto Rican or usually it's Latino. They're not really necessarily interested in whether or not. I'm Puerto Rican or Dominican or anything like that. Mostly they're just trying to collect whether I am a Latino. And actually what really ends up being on the census is, is Hispanic. And I 
don't like the word Hispanic, I mean, that actually denotes Hispaniola. It's really like Spanish-speaking places. So it puts more of the emphasis on the Spanish language versus Latin America. So to me, I have more of a connection to Latino because I come from a Latin, <laughs> a Latino place being Puerto Rico. And so I like to use that word. Hispanic, on the other hand, no. I mean, I don't. There is no connection to Hispaniola that I would like to have or like to Spain or to just Spanish in general because those were the things that were imposed on the Latino culture, on the Latino place that I'm from. And so that's the thing. I almost started to say Latino country, but that's another thing, right? For those who are not aware, Puerto Rico is not its own country. It's not a country. It is a place, but it is, for me, it's absolutely a colony. So for those who are aware, a lot of us that have studied Puerto Rican history or know at least a, a lot about it, a lot of us actually that live over here in the, the continental United States tend to have a lot of different opinions than those who actually live on the, Puerto, on the island of Puerto Rico. So it's very interesting. But... It's known as a colony. It is under U.S. rule. It was invaded by, you know, Europeans. It's also been under U.S. rule since about 1898. So Puerto Rico is not free. It's actually known as Estado Libre Asociado, which is like the most confusing thing on earth because it really means it's like independent, associated commonwealth. It's like not even its own thing, really. And the votes in Puerto Rico, you can vote in the primary election, but your votes in the general election don't even count. And so you're essentially... You have to take on whatever people vote for on the continental United States, but still have to operate under the rule of whoever it is that's selected. But your, your voice doesn't really count, but you're under that, you know, leadership. It's it's interesting nonetheless. And so I have, you know, a lot of feelings about that. But regardless, Puerto Rico is where I'm from. And so I do love it, but that's a little bit about what it looks like. So when it comes to ethnicity, as mentioned, it does, you know, take into account culture. And so for me, I'm very proud to be a Puerto Rican. I'm very proud to know that that's where my family came from. But when it comes to race, I always select black um, because they're because the other thing is we have to look at when it comes to Puerto Ricans. The reason why Puerto Ricans look very differently, you have some that are blonde hair, blue eyed, like literally, and you have some that are so, they have so much melanin in their skin and they are like so much, they have such darker tones in their skin that some of them actually look Haitian. So I've, I've seen Puerto Ricans on every, you know, end of the spectrum because there is a diaspora. So that's the thing, like there are Puerto Ricans in, all over the world, to be honest, but they were also slaves that, ended up all over the world. I mean, if we really look at slavery, slavery did not start and stop in the same place. That is not how that worked. It, life itself originated in Africa. So to be honest, all of us, you know, like the first life forms in general started there. So, and I'm someone that firmly believes that. And so, and I know that, well, and not only that I believe it, but that's what I recognize. And so I feel that for all of us, life started in Africa, but slavery absolutely originated there. And they took slaves from Africa and took them to different places all over the world. And because of that, that absolutely happened in Puerto Rico. But there were also, it wasn't just that slaves were brought to Puerto Rico, but there's also the fact that there were a lot of slaves who were escaping different areas like Haiti, for example, and they ended up coming to Puerto Rico. Like that also occurred. So either way, slaves made their way to Puerto Rico. I mean, that's that's one thing. So you do have Puerto Ricans who absolutely have African ancestry, no doubt, no, uh, no doubt about it. The other things that Puerto Ricans are actually mixed with is also Taino. So Taino is the native inhabitants of what is now known as Puerto Rico, but what they used to call the island of Borinquen. And actually, I don't even know that they call it the island of Borinquen. It was just simply known as Borinquen, and it was spelled B-O-R-I-K-E-N. And so now we have adopted that, and a lot of Puerto Ricans will call themselves Boricua, which is a nod to that. So it's a nod to that indigenous language that was used by the Tainos. For those who also got to see the tattoo I have, I actually have a Taino son um, tattooed on me now. Um, thanks, Alicia. Shout out to her. Alicia Vasquez tattoos. Also, artist extraordinaire. But so I have a tattoo now there, and that is actually one of the Taino symbols. And so meant a lot to me to be able to have that and have that nod to that, to that, but also that connection to that because I don't ever feel like we should ever forget 
about our indigenous roots, we all have them. Like we all originated from somewhere at some point. And so I don't think that we should, that that should ever be erased or something that's not discussed. And so that is another part of Puerto Ricans is the Taino. Then there's also the fact that Puerto Ricans are also part Spaniard. And so that happened because we have good old people like Christopher Columbus, who was really lost most of the time. I mean, this man got credit for stumbling upon a place, not really discovering it. That's the crazy part. He really just was trying to, he was, I'm pretty sure it was a gold conquest. I know he was trying to find gold. He was trying to find treasure. He was trying to find things that he could go back to Spain and brag about, okay? Because they had sent him on this quest. They had, they funded it and he was supposed to go out, find what he could and bring it on back. And so he did that, but as a lot of us know now, he found a place that was already inhabited. It's not like he found this place that, oh, I found this land. No one lives here. Let's see what's there. No, you found the land. People already live there. And you said, okay, that's called cool. I'm still infiltrate. That's beyond me, but, you know, and so, of course, I love when now that we have, instead of having Christopher Columbus Day, we have things like Native, um, well, I mean, I'm sorry, more like Indigenous People's Day is what I've seen a lot of it known as maybe Native American Day. I'm not, but I think mostly what I've heard is Indigenous and anything like that and any, you know, stand against Christopher Columbus Day is one that I support because, I, no, I do not want to celebrate someone who came to a place saw that there were other people there and not only still infiltrated but this man killed people off okay he like brought in smallpox like literally killed like a lot of individuals like massacred them you know there are like now native americans live you know on reservations like as a result of massacres that have occurred like that is just not no part of that is okay like no part of it is okay and also i love too i'm actually one of the people who are very much a fan of the cleveland guardians our baseball team now having a new name because when they were called the cleveland indians yes i definitely think that it was a slap in the face to native americans because we had a we had well literally the logo was known as chief wahoo first of all that was already a slap in the face to those who actually are of native heritage and so we were literally depicting it in a you know funny way and so like chief wahoo like there was just like we were literally making a mockery of something that is very prideful to other people and is part of their heritage and is part of their culture and we were saying let's make fun of it and make it into a cartoon not okay the other thing is by being known as the cleveland indians we were also celebrating the mistake he made because christopher columbus was not in india he did not discover indians he discovered native americans but we, you know, we're celebrating that by having our baseball team known as that. So I know that a lot of people had a lot of, you know, big connection to that, but I was one that was always for the name being changed. I mean, would I have chosen the Guardians? I'm not sure, but at the same time, that's pretty cool because at least it talks about those Guardian statues that we have. Like, it's a Cleveland staple. So I think if we were going to change it to anything, we changed it to something that celebrates more of Cleveland um, versus making a mockery of others. Yes, I stand for that. I, I, I would like to say that, yep, I put my stamp of approval on that decision. But with that being said, yes. So there were definitely Spaniards, um, thanks to individuals like Christopher Columbus himself, who invaded Puerto Rico. And so they came over and they did the same thing. They definitely killed off a lot of people there. There was a lot of rape that happened. So again, I mean, y'all know I'm all about the violence prevention and I'm all about bringing awareness to these issues. There was definitely a lot of violence that occurred over the course of slavery. And also slavery is not like I said, over there are modern day forms of slavery that still exist. And also slavery will continue to exist for as long as we have a prison system. But and that is because I definitely there is a, you know, school to prison pipeline that exists. And for those who are not aware, that's also something. So I feel like on the show, we're going to talk about a little bit of everything today, y'all. But that is also something that definitely exists. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people who profit off our prison system. And so they do it, it brings them a lot of profit and there is a lot of value in seeing people end up in jail. But who do we see that is disproportionately in jail and in prisons are people of color. And so especially black people. And so I know we use the term of color and I've actually had some debates with certain individuals about whether or not they like using the word term of color. I do. As I mentioned, I absolutely love using it because, you know, I want to be all encompassing though, because I know there are some people that don't immediately use black, like for native Americans. I know for them, they, they aren't necessarily going to 
they might not ascribe to that. They might, you know, and so they have that option. But again, we have Asian Americans. We have, well, Asians in general, not just the ones that are here that are Asian Americans, but just Asians. There are other ethnicities. There are other identities. And so when we say people of color, we are, at the end of the day, talking about anyone who is not white. At the end of the day. And we do live in a country where white is a superior race. That's what has been taught to us. That is what we've been shown, and it's what is continuously validated by our society. Okay, we see it in the media. You know, we're constantly seeing that, but then we see it in all the messages that we hear. I mean, literally, when we're seeing people of color, but especially black people, being murdered, you know, at the alarming rates that we're seeing by police officers, nonetheless, and we're, you know, people who are meant to protect us, yes, that is absolutely an issue. And it's definitely going to send a clear message that if you are not white, you do not get the same level of protection as other people. Your life does not have the same value as other people. And you are dispensable. Like that is an incredible message to send to an entire population, you know, in this country when it's supposed to be that all of us have access to liberty and, you know, we all should be able to exercise the same freedoms and all of those things. That sounds really nice. You know, and I know those were, you know, ideals that were brought up in the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution, all of those great things. But we know that that is, for a lot of us that study this, we know that that is not true. But also, you don't have to study it. Unfortunately, it's out there. It is It is very much, it permeates in our society. We have seen it spread in a very loud message to many individuals. And so, unfortunately, we'll see that, you know, play out. And so... That also absolutely happened with Puerto Ricans also. And so what I was saying is that, you know, Christopher Columbus came over and Spaniards in general came over, but there was a lot of rape. Rape occurred, you know, a lot of different mixes. And so you had individuals from African ancestry that were on the island of Puerto Rico. You had Tainos who were already on Puerto Rico's island before anybody got there. They were the native indigenous members of that island before it even became known as Puerto Rico, which is really is Puerto Rico, which really just translates to rich port. And so in English, it translates to rich port. So people knew that it had riches and they came and invaded. And so that's part of why that occurred. But you have the Tainos and then you got that mixture of Spaniard. So Spanish I mean, I love to, I'm, I love being bilingual, you know, and I love being able to use that language, but it is not the native language of Puerto Rico. It's not. And so it's not the native language of a lot of Latinos. And so as those who might have heard before I mentioned, I actually remember going on a study abroad trip when I was in college and I actually went to Mexico and I learned there, I was hearing some native languages and they sounded African. And I was like, well, duh, that makes sense to me because again, that is where life started. So how interesting is that, that that is the language I'm hearing when, you know, from these individuals who now speak Spanish so broadly, and that is what they use. I know that Spanish is still a source of pride, you know, for a lot of individuals. So, and I'm glad that I happen to know Spanish and I'm able to communicate with others in Spanish. But I am simply saying that, ironically, for those who are not aware, it was, it's not, it's not the indigenous language, however. And it should also be the marker of how Latino a person is. Cause that's the other thing that happens. I have heard a lot of arguments in the Latino community of, how Latino is a person if they don't know Spanish. And it's like, and I've actually heard individuals themselves feel like they are less Latino because they don't know Spanish as if that should be the only thing that, you know, makes you a Latino. No. I mean, if you care about the culture, if you, you know, carry it within you and you know, you celebrate that, that should be enough. You know, that should be enough. I don't think it should be based on what language, you know, or, you know, how you speak it or anything like that, especially when that's not the first language that we ever had, you know? So that is, I'm telling you. But speaking of that, when I went to Mexico, the other thing that happened was we did have somebody on the trip. I remember very vividly that there was somebody that came on the trip with us. And she had a lot of melanin. She was definitely one of the uh, darker person, you know what I'm saying, that was on that trip. She was dark skin. And so she had darker skin. And so so visibly, not only is she black, okay, but she clearly, like, is visibly black. Like, it's, it's, it's something that's obvious. It's not like she would ever be able to move through the world as anything but a black person, okay? So that's number one. Number two, though, we're on this trip. And I remember being surrounded by a lot of people and they shook our hands. And I remember that they specifically chose to skip over this student that was with me. 
they shook everyone's hand, did not shake the student's hand. And I remember being livid because I have up until this point been very proud to know I was still figuring things out about myself. Do not get me wrong. I wasn't like confidently saying that I was black. I was actually still trying to figure out who am I and like, you know, what what am I even allowed to say that I am? Um, all I knew right now is Puerto Rican for sure. You know what I mean? I was still trying to figure out what does that mean? Because at the time, I didn't know all these things that I am now communicating with you. I didn't know my history. And so that's the thing. Of course, it's hard to know your identity if you don't know your history. And so me still putting all that together, I still wasn't aware. However, I saw that play out and I remember thinking, wow, why is a... Latino, like these people are people of color here. Why are they anti-black? Why are they specifically showing this hostility towards someone who's also a person of color? Like whether or not you feel that, you know, we're all black or anything like that, this is still a fellow person of color. Like we should at least be united in that, right? No, I did not see that. And that was so fascinating to me. And it wasn't the last time. I think it was maybe, it might have been one of the first times I saw it, but it wasn't the last. And I remember being so like, honestly disgusted by it because I'm just like, I think that we could do so much more together, right? And be united. And I can tell you that as a Puerto Rican, you know, and 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 knowing that there are Puerto Ricans that present as white and not just that, but they move through the world as white people. And then I know that there are many Latinos, Puerto Ricans included, who are black people you know some of them don't like to say that I do but I there I know there are many that don't but also more importantly there are some that are very anti-black so not only do they not you know they want no parts with having a connection to being black but they also purposely you know put show hostility towards the black community you know and they are causing harm in the process I mean quite frankly and so I have absolutely seen that play out. And yes, it's been incredibly sad. Like I said, it's also fascinating, you know, to know that that exists. But it's super disheartening at the end of the day. I definitely don't think that it's helping us in any way, shape, or form to do that. And so, like, when it comes to Puerto Ricans, obviously I know the most about that, being that I am a member of that, you know, of Puerto Rico. You know, my family literally comes from there. It's especially disheartening to me to see that racism that exists. Because that's what it is. I mean, if we're going to be anti-black, Right. And we're going to show hostility towards any other population, be it black or anyone else. We are being racist. And I think that I would, you know, I want to be amongst the people saying that, yeah, I think that's an issue. I think that there are many Latinos who unfortunately show racism, that there are many Latinos who are anti-black. And I think it's sad because not only because of the missed opportunity for the unity, but because we have faced a lot of discrimination ourselves. What do we look like being racist towards others when we are in a good, in a good place? Puerto Rico is not in a good place. Puerto Rico, as I just mentioned, is a colony. It is currently under U.S. rule. Um, U.S. The United States of America has not recognized or taken on the P Puerto Rico as a state. They would have to forgive the debt that Puerto Rico has in order for them to take them in as a state. And then even still, we would all it would also do is cause the United States to have even more control over Puerto Rico than they do now. So that's the other thing. There's two sides to that. One, they would have to forgive the debt, but then they would also allow be able to have more control. And you have Puerto Ricans who are literally split on that. Again, for me, the same way I feel about violence, the same way I feel about abuse and all of those other topics that I touch on this show is the same way I feel about Puerto Rican independence. I think Puerto Rico should be its own country. It should be able to make its own decisions and not be ruled by some by another country, which hasn't historically been the best country, you know, which hasn't done right by a lot of populations. I don't think that should be the case. I think they should be able to do their own things. And I think what's ironically tragic is that there are a lot of Puerto Ricans however that feel that they would not be able to survive without the help of the United States not knowing that the United States has also caused a lot of the debt that they have there is a current act in Puerto Rico known as the Jones Act it's well it's known as the Jones Act but it's actually part of a law so it's actually a law where things that are imported to the island even though things have to be imported when you're on an island I mean you a lot of things do have to come in. They have to get brought in unless you grow it yourself, which there are a lot of things that are grown by individuals in Puerto Rico, but not everything. And so some things are brought in. Those things have to be taxed. There are fees that are imposed. So it ends up costing you know, Puerto Ricans so much more, sometimes like up to 20% more than they would normally pay for those items because 
they are taxed when they are brought in. And so that and that is for to help corporations. And so it's really that it doesn't it's not benefiting Puerto Rico at all that this is happening, but it is something that was done by the United States to benefit the United States as well as all the corporations within the United States. And so it's just it all like goes back to one another. But as a result, it has caused Puerto Rico to inherit an incredible amount of debt. They now have so much debt that, you know, they're never going to be able to pay off on their own. Like, they would absolutely need assistance with it, but that's where United States gets to keep them where they want them. Like, they have too much debt to be on their own, but it's the United States that brought the debt onto them, and they're the ones not helping them to get out of it. Insane to me. That's also why it was insane to me that when we had President Trump in office and there was a hurricane that happened and, you know, the fact that Puerto Rico is currently a U.S. territory, it should be assisted by the United States. So when President Trump said, well, I'm not going to help, I'm actually, he got on national television and threw paper towels and said, well, that's my help to Puerto Rico. How was that not a slap in the face to Puerto Rico? You know, it was it's an incredible way to say, well, I don't care. I mean, y'all go figure it out. <laughs> y'all got this. So it was an incredible way to say that. But again, there are people in Puerto Rico who have faced all of this, who have gone through all of these things and still choose to show racism towards other populations who have also faced discrimination as well. That is why I think it's incredibly disheartening. There have also been tons of massacres that have actually occurred on Puerto Rico's island. I mean, you've had the Ponce Massacre. You've had so many you've had experiments on people that have caused them to have cancer i mean there was literally in vieques there was these tests that were done military tests i mean all of this is you know i mean it's not readily available but you can all these things can be looked up and so there were tests that were actually run it there that unfortunately the effects and all the things that the pollutants that it provided and the effects that it's had on people some people are still suffering from the illnesses of that like now you know, and some people have died because of what has happened. But also other people were actually killed. So like I said, at that massacre that I'm mentioning, no, people were killed, you know, by police officers. They were, you know, for protesting, for wanting to be independent. Like there has been so many there have been so many actions done to get Puerto Rico to where they will no longer ask to be independent. You know, there have been many measures taken to where it's like, no, we don't want you to say that you are going to be independent. We need you to know that we have complete control over you, and our only intention is to maintain that. We have no intention of breaking that. That is what a lot of these actions that were taken, that was the message that was clear to them, you know, and so you know, that was being sent to them. And again, with black people, we know that that has absolutely happened. I mean, slavery in and of itself, is something, first of all, that didn't happen incredibly long. I mean, it's it's been some time since the start of slavery, because like I said, we still have other things current, but we know about it. Like, it, it occurred, people have seen racist measures within their own lifetimes. Like, Martin Luther King Jr. was alive around the time my mother was alive. So it's not like we're so removed <laughs> from these things. Like, it's incredible. Like, no, she knew about it. Like, she, she I remember her telling me, during her childhood where she saw the segregated water fountains and all of those things. So like, I know we have more freedoms, but it's like, it doesn't mean that we're so that we're so removed from what has just happened. And it doesn't mean that we don't get to see the discrimination play out in other ways. I mean, it may not be as obvious as it was back in the day with the segregated water fountains and buses and all those things, but it still exists. It is still here. And so it is, and it's still a problem, you know? So that's really what the main thing is, is that, you know, is it an equal opportunity for everybody that is in this world? And like, does everybody have access to the same freedoms? Absolutely not. And so that is where I think it becomes a problem. But also, you know, not only was there slavery that happened, but there had been like the Tuskegee experiment. There have been tons of tests and things, experiments run on you know, in this case, black people that caused them to die, that caused them to lose their lives and caused a lot of them to be infertile, too. That that also that's something that happened to black people, but also to Puerto Ricans. So I know of uh, another experiment that also occurred that caused a lot of women to be infertile. And so literally not to have children like a right that they should have always been able to have. But unfortunately, it did occur. So there's been a lot that's happened. There has been a lot of discrimination passed, and I just feel like we are doing ourselves an incredible disservice when we don't honor that, you know, and when we don't, or, or and not, even, I'm sorry, not just honor it, but just recognize it, that it even exists, because of course I don't want to honor it, I don't want to celebrate that, but I do want to recognize that it happened, and I do want to make it, you know, make it very clear that as a result, do I think that black people are on an even playing field as white people? 
Do I think that? Absolutely not. Do I also, with the things that I know, not only about slavery and how from the beginning of time, we set it up to where black people were already behind white people by saying that they you know, mattered less and that they needed to be in prison and owned by others. Because let's not forget that what slavery meant was that there were human beings who were owned by others. That is, I mean, how else do we tell people that they have no value by not even allowing them to have any type of freedom, you know, not even allowing them to live their own lives the way they want to by imprisoning them in that way, literally. And then, of course, from what we know, slaves were absolutely abused, like in many ways. I mean, they weren't told like, hey, I own you, so you have to listen to everything I say. No, I'm also going to make sure you listen to everything I say because I'm going to beat you so badly if you don't. Or I'm going to hurt your family if you don't. I'm also going to make you feel pain. If you don't. So, I mean, I'm going to humiliate you. So it's just, that's always been a thing. But then, I mean, that's what happened with slavery. It's not always been a thing. But what I'm saying is that that's what was, unfortunately, the thoughts that occurred, you know, when that happened. Those were the thoughts that were imposed with that taking place. But also, from, you know, a long time, there has been a lot of measures taken to dehumanize black people. I mean, to be honest, like, that is just... Basically, what we've done, we have said that black people are comparable to animals. I have heard that. I mean, I, I know that I've heard it. I know that others have heard it. But also, I don't think that we sometimes pause enough and realize how incredibly hurtful that is for any human population to be compared to an animal. That, that's never okay. But it's happened, and it's happened in our lifetimes, and we've heard it. And it's not, it's not okay to do that. But... White supremacy allows, well, we're said that white is a superior race. We are saying that, you know, we're perpetuating and we're, we're validating that. It is okay to say that, you know, when I compare black people to other things or that they have less value, it's because I'm trying to let you know that, you know, whites are better, and, you know, and that they have more value and that they deserve more when we know that's not the case. But if I do think it's like spread these messages where, you know, black people aren't even really humans, they're really comparable to animals and they don't have any rights. Like it makes it easier to digest that. And for a lot of people, they have believed it. And there are people still passing that on to their families. Racism isn't something that we accidentally inherit. It's something we learn. It is absolutely something that is learned. So it's definitely based on the conversations people are having with others. It's absolutely based on things that are being taught. And it's absolutely that something that people then take on, you know, they're able to, they hear those things and they take that on and then their beliefs are formed from that. And so it's definitely not something that we don't just all wake up racist. That's just not how that works. It absolutely has to be something that's ingrained, you know, and then, and talked about and validated and then permeated. And I could see if it wasn't still an issue, but again, racism absolutely is alive and well. It's thriving in today's society, and it became very apparent during the Trump era. And, and unfortunately, Trump's still around. I mean, I'm still hearing the conversations about him wanting to run again. So clearly, he's alive and well. But also, his presidency was gave people a platform for a lot of people who were racist to come out the woodworks and you know show themselves and reveal that they were these people that were racist, but that they feel protected now and that they're able and encouraged to be able to show, you know, who they are and the beliefs that they had. So it's been an incredible journey, you know, because of that. But definitely that is what's happened. I mean, we also have had, you know, blackface, you know, for those who don't know what that is. I mean, blackface is when individuals will literally dress up, like they would paint their faces black to literally make fun of black people, but also, the main thing is that they were using a black face as a costume. I mean, to be clear. So they were, by doing that, they're literally making an incredible mockery, much like the Chief Wahoo logo. They were making a mockery of a culture, of a heritage, of an identity, and, you know, making it, and making it okay to laugh at. You know, that this is something that's okay to be laughed at, and it's okay for it to be a performance, and that is just incredible to me that any population should ever, that should ever be the case. So when I, I remember there was this one brand that came out, I believe it was Gucci or, you know, one of those that did the same thing. Like they had these, you know, 
in their brand they had also where it, it, it essentially depicted blackface as well. Yes, there was an outrage because of that. Yes, that is a big deal. <laughs> because no, it's not okay to put on someone else's, you know, a different skin tone other than your own as a costume and again make a mockery of another culture. No, we don't get to do that. That's not how that works. No, it's not okay. And no, we cannot just wear that and make it seem like that's okay to do. Cultural appropriation is also not okay to do. So it's not okay to make fun of other people's cultures, poke fun at them, and to take it on as, dis as a disguise. So, I mean, I know that that's also happened for those who are also not aware of cultural appropriation. That is taking on someone else's culture or, like, for example, like, acting like a rapper or dressing, us, uh, dressing up as a rapper or, like, as a hip-hop artist, you know, during Halloween, you know, and just... You know, using that, like taking on someone else's culture that is not your own, but also using it performatively, too. Like you're using it as a performance, you're putting it on as a costume, and, you know, you know that it's not yours, but you are, you know, putting it on as if it was, but also making fun of it in the process. Cultural, I mean, appropriation definitely does that. But and it's and it's just never okay to do that. And so we know that those those things unfortunately happen too. And so we've had all of these things, but at the end of the day, sending a message that black people are less than and that and not only that, but that it's not it's not going to be the winning thing to be a black person. You know what I'm saying? We've made it to the point where it's like nobody's fighting to be black. You know what I'm saying? Nobody is out here like, you know, if I had all the choices in the world, I'm going to choose black. Like, it's not the winning thing in our country, unfortunately. You know, it comes with a lot. But that's the thing, right? This isn't a choice. Like, those who are black, who have African ancestry, who have melanin in their skin, who, you know, do that. It's not that people are just choosing to be black. It's just, it's who they are, you know? And so it's just, it's an identity that they adopt. And for me, like, with the melanin that I have in my skin, with the African ancestry that I know I have, with the black father, because my father, absolutely, you see him, that man looks black. He doesn't, he wouldn't be able to move through the world and say, you know what, actually, I'm brown, so, like, relax, bro. Like, if he was pulled over by the police, I don't believe he would actually be able to say, like, well, actually, I'm not black. You know, I'm Puerto Rican, so nah, you keep it moving. <laughs> like, that's not how that works. <laughs> He's still going to get racism, and actually he did. So, like, I actually recently learned about this, but he used to be a school bus driver, and he absolutely was called the N-word before. There was nobody that paused and said, well, actually, nah, he's Puerto Rican. You don't call him the N-word. He different. That's not how that worked. They called him what they saw, a black man in society. He was not able to get away with being called anything else. And I did see someone who shared on social media that were like, interesting that we use the word brown when we really want to say black. Now, I also get that I've also seen brown used in an empowering way, right? So, like, there's also some people that like to use brown because, you know, it's, it is a different skin tone. And also because, you know, I, did, I do love the song Brown Skin Girl, you know, by Beyonce and Blue Ivy, um, her daughter. And, like, you know, I love that, you know, we use it for those. And I do know that there's some, there are certain Latino cultures that do love to use brown to, like, just denote that there's at least some mixture. But my only thing with the brown is that I don't want the emphasis to be so much on brown that we're missing black in the process. Because my thing is there are black Latinos. There are, because in order to be black... You're saying that you have African ancestry and you're saying that you know that you're recognizing that and that's why you're saying that you are race-wise black and then that you just so happen to come from a certain place. Like in my case, I feel that I'm very much a black person who speaks Spanish and who is Puerto Rican, just like you know, black people who may come from Jamaica or black people who may come from, you know, other Caribbean islands or Dominican Republic or anything like that. And that's actually what was interesting for, to me is that when I was growing up, when people would see me because they would see the melanin, and so, like, I'm not white. I mean, at the end of the day, I would not be able to move through the world as a white person, clearly. I have, I mean, for those who can see me, I have color, y'all. <laughs> and those who are listening to me, I have color, okay? I have curly hair. I have, you know, definitely some color to me. I would never be able to move through the world as a white person at the end of the day, okay? So that's, that's one. But um, regardless of that, I definitely feel that, you know, Black is definitely, you know, the the race that I'm going to make sure that I, you know, select because I don't think that it's right to have this separation and make it seem like black Latinos don't exist. And so that's always been my big thing is that I love too when there was I know that there was a movement that came out when the Black Lives Matter movement came out and we said that 
there was a lot of Latinos who said that, you know, they're Latinos for Black Lives Matter. Like, we want to support this movement. Okay, but what I also needed to be clear is that there are Black Latinos, so I don't want us to miss the point that we're not, you know, we're not recognizing that there are Black Latinos. They're not brown. They're not any other color. They are Black. They have African ancestry, and that is why they have melanin in their skin. Like, they... They are absolutely what they are, and I don't want that to be missed in the midst of all of those other things. So that is where I sometimes find issue. And the other thing is that whenever I was growing up, as far as role models are concerned, I didn't always connect with a lot of the Puerto Ricans or Latinos that I saw. I mean, no offense to Jennifer Lopez, for all the Jennifer Lopez fans, hey, shout out to y'all. But I didn't identify with Jennifer Lopez. So when I was growing up, I saw her. I think she's dope. Um, I think it's great that she has a natural body. I thought that that was, these were good good things that I did think were positive about her. But skin tone wise, I was like, she looks white. I mean, she has more white than anything. And I mean, she doesn't, you know, she's lighter. And so like, where do I fit in that? You know what I mean? Like where, where do I fit with all, you know, the melon that I have and, you know, where do I play a role in that you know like how do I connect to her when I don't when I don't feel that connection and she was one of the main you know Puerto Ricans we've had others since then I don't know that they are at the same level as someone as Jennifer Lopez because she's more of like a household name that's my thing you know like when we say people like Jennifer Lopez when we say people like Beyonce a lot of people know who that those people are you know like their they their fame is that widespread and so a lot of individuals now that I connect with are not at that same level, but I'm glad that we have others because, I mean, there are, and a lot of these women now that I connect to, at least for myself, they're known as Afro-Latinas. And so it's not just, you know, it's not just that they're black. <laughs> it's not just that they're Latina, but they use the term Afro-Latina to make it clear that it is a nod to their African ancestry. It's a recognition of that African ancestry, and it's not ignoring that African ancestry, because that's always was big for me. What we're not going to do is ignore it. We're not going to act like we don't have African ancestry. We're not going to act like we didn't descend from Africans, you know, that we don't have African descendants and that we are not, you know, that that is not where our heritage come from, you know, and that that's not where our culture come from. So that's a big thing for me. So, yes, Afro-Latina is also a term that I use quite often. And I love it because um, growing up, as I mentioned, for those who would see me, and, um, you know, they at least did see the melanin in my skin, they would automatically think that, um, not necessarily that I was black, but they would say Dominican. They're like, oh, well, you got to be Dominican. You must be Dominican because I see the curly hair, you speak Spanish. And so that was interesting to me because there are Dominicans that are dark. <laughs> there are Dominicans that uh, they have melanin in their skin, but they're not the only ones that have it. And so it was interesting that it was like, that was what was acceptable. Like, okay, I get that you're like Latina, so like... You know, I'm not going to jump to saying that you're a black Latina, but I am okay with saying that you're Dominican because that is the connection I've made. That, like, most of the ones that do have color, you know, they're those, the Latinos that have color, they're mostly Dominican. And so I'm, I was very glad to know that, you know, once I learned more, like, well, I'm sorry, I hate to challenge you, but no, there are other Latinos who also have color in their skins who are black and who are not just Dominican. Like that, those aren't the only ones, but I also know that there are a lot of Dominicans who feel that ironically enough, they're a lot of times they're easily more accepted as Latinos, but not as black people. So that's also been interesting, right? That I've seen that. I've also seen all of those dichotomy, all of those things play out that like Dominicans can be accepted as Latinos, but not as black people. And that, you know, in my case, I can be accepted as, you know, someone that has melanin in her skin, but it must mean that I'm Dominican and not Puerto Rican because for a lot of people, they don't know that Puerto Ricans are able to have that. You know, like, well, I thought a lot of the Puerto Ricans were more lighter than you or like they look this way because that's what I saw in the media. You know, it's just I feel like we need to challenge all of those things because at the end of the day, black people exist all over the world because slavery took them. All over the world, you know, like the slave ships, they went to all different type of places. They came from Africa, but they went all over the world. And so you have people from African ancestry that ended up in all these different places. And so I just feel like we need to, you know, recognize that as the big part of our history. And it should be part of the education that we provide and the awareness that we are building and spreading. And so that is another thing that I have issue with this year. We witnessed the fact that, I believe it was in Florida especially, but we witnessed the fact that they are trying to eliminate 
or have, I'm sorry, they are taking away black history from curriculums in schools. And not only that, even prior to that, we have had certain books that have been banned on black history. How what an incredible world to be living in where we are supposed to be free, you know, able to access whatever information, yet we have said that no, we're gonna go ahead and cut off access to certain books and we are going to eliminate certain elements from curriculum for whatever reason it was. I for, I believe it was because it wasn't it wasn't part of the education, or I think the argument might be that it wasn't should be there. It's not challenging. It's it, it should be what is learned or, it, you know, whatever it was. I mean, because I mean, that's part of my thing that those arguments are so ridiculous that it's always hard for me to remember exactly what they said because I'm like, well, either way, I don't agree. So whatever it was. But at the end of the day, what it also ignores is that. So we are saying that black history is not American history. Is those, those things are not intertwined. That's the message we're sending. How is it? It's, how is it? Like America the United States of America itself is a melting pot. It is made up of so many different types of people from so many different places, all of these immigrants, and some of them were brought here forcefully. I mean, let's just be clear. They definitely were. But we, in order to really paint the story of our history, we're going to go ahead and ignore that part, eliminate that, and talk about, what, European ancestry instead? And make it seem like that's the only thing that needs to be taught? Absolutely not. I don't want to live in a world like that. And not only that, but we're literally ignoring the populations of the students that are there and telling them that we don't see you. We're not going to talk about you. And we're going to ignore how you got here in the first place, you know, by doing that. No, I don't think that we should ever do that. I think that if we're going to treat history in the schools, if we're going to educate our students, they deserve to get that full education. Like they should absolutely get that in all parts with all elements. And they should be seen. I mean, there should never students should never go to a school where they feel like they're not seen at all. I mean, because, wow, I mean, we celebrate Martin Luther King. We celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. so much. And, you know, he gets, sometimes his history, I feel like, has been so watered down to where it's just like, we just, we, you know, we share a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. We're doing all the work. Like, that's it. You know what I'm saying? As long as I put my little quote on my wall or I say a little something about Martin Luther King, not to him. And actually, the man who took, who was fighting for the curriculum to be taken away, he had just shared a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. on his page. Forget his name, but y'all know. And so, but he did that. He literally shared a Martin Luther King Jr. quote and then literally in the same breath took away black history from the AP curriculum. But okay. And so, and in curriculum in general, like I said, the fact that it was being taken from any curriculum issue, but so that happens. And so we're celebrating Martin Luther King Jr., you know, for his accomplishments, part of which allows segregation of schools to end. And so now we finally have students able to go to school. And so they're able to go to school with white students. You know, we're able to have integration. You know, we're able to have all this stuff. We have all these victories take place. Yet we say that you know, they're in the schools now, but we're not going to teach them everything. We're not going to teach them all the history. We're going to, you know, make it known. And then they see it. I mean, they see it perpetrated. I mean, the fact that we have had white, white, you know, white after white after white presidents, you know, we see that in leadership. We see that in Congress. You know, we're still having first black this, first black that. The fact that we're still having that, like, I just saw a first black NASCAR, you know, woman in the NASCAR, like, to be part of the pit crew. I mean, I'm glad we're having that, right? And we're going to celebrate that every single time, every time a black person wins, and every time a black person gets there first. But it's the fact that we're still having those. That's an issue. That means that white people have occupied these positions well before anybody of any color has done that. I'm getting so excited. I keep hitting the mic. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> but... I'm just, you know, that's an issue. And I just feel like, you know, we have definitely, we got to recognize that, that that is a problem. But, you know, and that the reason why that is a thing is because of white supremacy, you know, and also patriarchy. So we definitely have made it to where white is known as a superior race, but also that men, white men, are also the more the people more equipped to be leaders. And so it has become increasingly difficult for women of color to be able to advance in our world, especially black women. And so, as I mentioned on the last episode, that became very apparent in the R. Kelly documentary. 
It is something that I have absolutely encountered myself as a person who, again, whether you want to go ahead and categorize me as a woman of color, Latina, but again, I call myself black. <laughs> like, I don't get to deny the blackness that I have, and I'm not interested in doing that. I'm not interested in doing that. And I do happen to also have black children who are not just black because of me, but they're also black because of their father. And I want them to be proud to be black, you know, but in every way. I don't want them to only know that they're black again just from their father's side but also know that they're black from my side that there are black puerto ricans <laughs> there are black latinos and that because of that you black either way you're black either way but you should be proud of that either way in a world that tells you that you should be not that you shouldn't be proud of who you are i want you to do exactly that i want you to move to, through this world as proud as you can be of who you are and the value that you bring and never feel that you are less than, even though society tries to tell you that. No, I don't want my girls to ever feel like that. And they are also women. And so, like I said, there's that intersectionality playing out again. They are going to have it hard in some respects because women are often seen as caretakers. You know, they're not meant to break through certain fields like technology. They're not, you don't automatically, you know, associate women with scientists and things like that. But they do deserve to be that. <laughs> they do deserve to do that. And I just want them to know, no, like the possibilities are endless and you are allowed to do whatever you want to do. But not just them. I mean, I do know that, you know, speaking to my black males as well, like it's not easy being a black man in society, you know, rest in peace Tyree Nichols, like literally. And also the countless. I mean, hello, there's been so many individuals that have been killed at the hands of police and in general. So to be a black person in society, I know it's not easy. Definitely to be a black man, no less. I mean, so don't get me wrong. As a woman, I don't want to ever make it seem like I'm not going to celebrate the black man and everything that he does or fail to recognize all the obstacles that black men face you know i definitely don't want to make that clear i just wanted to say you know to my fellow women that i see you but to my black men i celebrate you you know and you are valuable and even though our society has tried to make it seem like you're not you are and you know men especially also face a lot of mental health issues you know they are constantly persecuted and all of these messages being sent of them being less than and not valuable have absolutely played a bit uh, to, uh, toll on mental health and so there are a lot of black men who feel that they are not allowed to be vulnerable that they are not allowed to show emotion and that you know there are a lot of people who don't care about them how often is that the case in my high school where i have seen that you know so many students, you know, even at the high school level who literally, you know, that is the kind of conversation, the heartbreaking conversations I have with them. I can't tell you all how many times in a week I'm constantly having to remind my black students, our black students, about how much they matter. And that, like, I'm sorry that you've been told all these messages that, you know, make it seem like people don't care about you, but you do matter. You are a good person. You are valuable. I have to do that on a regular basis. And sometimes I'm the first person who's told them that their entire life. That should never be the case. Like, we should always be, I feel like we should always be, you know, putting more life into others. But we should never make people feel like that to where they don't matter at all. But then it's so unfortunate when that's the message they're hearing at home. But it's also the message that, society gives them and the media too when they're saying that you know black people are so dangerous and you know and they're the they're the threat you know when it's really like no i mean black people are actually the most persecuted and they're the most targeted no they're not the most the biggest threat but thank you for recognizing that there's so much value that you find me threatening so you know appreciate that so you know with that being said i definitely think that once again happy blackity black history month because we gonna be extra proud to be black this month but i definitely think that black culture should be celebrated each and every month and it should always be a topic of conversation and it's definitely gonna be one that i always push just like all of the other topics that we talk about on this show so as y'all can see that's why i started the podcast i could talk all day about this topic but I do want to end mostly by saying that, with that being said, I am so happy that it is Black History Month. Um, there is a docu-series currently on Hulu, 1619, that actually, you know, talks about Black history. You know, Beyonce, she done announced her tour during Black History Month, you know, and that's debatable. Some people feel some type of way about the fact that she did that and the fact that she did it during tax season. But either way, we going to shout out her because she is incredible. And, you know, she ain't got the bay high for nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, she ain't got all those fans for no reason. The woman works hard. And, you know, there are a lot of, you know, black individuals 
who have contributed amazing things to our society. And, you know, we should always take any opportunity we can to celebrate them, give them their flowers, and, you know, let them know how valuable they are to each and every one of us. And so to any listener, you know, and anyone who took anything away from this, I appreciate it because, I mean, I just think it's, we can't get enough, right, of being able to spread these messages, talk more about these things, and really make it bold how much these things, you know, how important they are and just how valuable we need to be able to put to them but also i haven't shared a poem in a while so i'm gonna end with this um but it is titled black lives matter and i actually made it um specifically around that time so my heart is heavy words don't suffice how was it not enough when we witnessed the murders of trayvon martin and tamir rice the list continues to grow right along with our pain the media and false narratives make it hard to stay sane I wish I could say that this was a new discovery, that I made this back in 2020, that 2020 was the first time, but Emmett Till could tell you otherwise, along with all the other names that aren't mine. Each person was significant. They did not deserve to die, but other individuals decided to ignore that and leave the rest of us wondering why. Why are you so threatened? Why do you lead with evil and selfish gain? Why are you still defending your actions despite hearing the screams of our pain? We can't breathe, we can't kneel, we can't hurt, we can't heal. You find it problematic that we cry out and would prefer that we live in fear. None of that has stopped us from fighting. We are united in our grief. We recognize our value despite your small-minded beliefs. You can't destroy people that deserve to be alive. You can't send out your troops. You can send out your troops, but we still find a way to survive. Black lives have never been less than. They have always been more than enough. I applaud the power and passion of this movement and hate that the battle has been so rough. Even if others won't say it, you will always hear it from me. Your life matters and we won't stop fighting until you're free. And so with that, thank y'all as always for listening, for tuning in, for supporting, for sharing, liking, I don't care, whatever you're doing. I've been having tons of conversations on and off the air about the show. You know, it's been, you know, people have been asking me for advice on things. Hey, I don't know everything, but if I can help you, I would love to. So please always feel encouraged to reach out, you know, whatever we can do. And let's just band together because as long as we try to create more change and help more people, you know, I'm all for that. And if I can assist you with that and, you know, grow that, I always want to. So. Please uh, thank you not only for tuning in today, but also tune in every other Friday where we're going to keep doing it each and every day. And uh, let's celebrate Black History Month, not only this month, but every month of the year. Thank you.